0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 118 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl, joined as always by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, we are recording late at night here on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. I say beautiful as it rains and there's a storm outside, but that wasn't the biggest storm we had here in Toronto this weekend. As the San Diego Padres came into town, a team that we don't get to see too often for the Toronto Blue Jays came in here and took two out of three against our Toronto Blue Jays. Wasn't great to See, we'll get into all of that into the episode here. Plus, we're going to do some trade deadline stuff. We are less than 2 weeks away from the deadline. So, Riley, I know you and I have come up with 3 names each that we're going to talk about of who we really want to see the Blue Jays add to this team as they make a run for the playoffs this year. So much more to come in this episode, but first, Riley, what's up, man? How are you doing today?
1: Well, Jesse, I'm well as I just said minutes before the episode started i've been umpiring this year i had the craziest game probably that i will ever umpire i mm-hmm. could have ter- i could have tossed both managers and at least two players like everything you could ever imagine in that game i'm still honestly a little bit hyped from that i'm a guy who doesn't forget a lot of things as far as what goes on on the field try not to take a lot of it personally but uh you never forget some things and hey Well, there was an ejection in this series and Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think like, hey, I let a lot of stuff slide, but (laughs) not even in this uh, game where Pete Walker got tossed for literally next to nothing. Like maybe I should be a little more stiff and less loosey goosey, because I had a lot of profanity being slung my way and and a lot of different things. So who knows, man, either way, Jesse, we lost the series, but there's so much more to talk about, man. Let's dive right into this episode.
0: Riley I think the fans want to know before we get going what type of umpire would you be would you be like a Vic Carapaza or would you be like an Angel Hernandez like who's the Riley McConnell umpire comp
1: Oh man that's such a that's such a tough one man um, um umpires are so disliked and despised that um sure like i would uh, honestly i really don't have one i'm kind of just who i am i don't know if i have the personality even for to make it as a big league umpire or to even have a comp i'm too i'm too friendly man i'm too (laughs) i'm too friendly with the players and like if if they were grading me they'd say riley you can't can't have conversations like that with the catcher you can't you can't do that and it's like ah well hey it's it's house league ball in the county like what else am i supposed to do i'm spending you know two or three nights a week like that like give me a break
0: well i guess we'll have to keep you as a podcast host then because you have a lot of good opinions to put out on this series and in the trade deadline but before we get into it guys this is episode 118 so as we've been doing with our episodes we give you some random blue jay stats uh for that number so 118 today that was kelly gruber's shout out to riley's mom favorite baseball player. That was their season high in RBIs was 118. And These next two kind of correlate well together, Riley. Number 118 was the number of starts that Marco Estrada made as a Toronto Blue Jay. It was also the number of games that BJ Ryan finished as a Toronto Blue Jay. So a nice little symmetry there. And number 118 in hitter war and pitcher war for the Toronto Blue Jays, number 118 is a guy who actually hit a home run for the Cincinnati Reds today. That is Luke Maley. And number 118 in pitcher war is a guy named Jesse Carlson. So there are your Blue Jays facts with 118. Riley, got to take takeaway before we move on to our game recap
1: I like how you say a guy named Jesse Carlson like as if you don't remember Jesse Carlson (laughs) hey thanks man yep get the Kelly Groover shout out that's absolutely fantastic um yeah BJ Ryan I kind of got like a little bit of PTSD when you said Mm -hmm. that name there for a second how many games he finished well how many of those were in the bottom half of an away game with a BS be a blown save in uh, in those categories because those were those were yikes years for our bullpen
0: did have one big savior, though, PJ Ryan did, and he was better towards the back end of that deal. I remember that quite a bit. But let's enough about the past. Let's get to this current Toronto Blue Jays team, and let's get into the game recaps in case you missed him at home. Game one of this series was a dud. The Blue Jays lose this game nine to one, and the Alec Manoa comeback story took a bump in the road here as he struggled in this start. Three innings pitched, three hits, four runs, five walks with zero strikeouts. Didn't get any better from there, Riley, as Mitch White came in to do bulk relief work. And he also struggled three earned runs in the back end of the game. But ultimately, it doesn't matter how you pitch if you only score one run on six hits, which is exactly what the Blue Jays did here. Going into Game 2, the Blue Jays were looking for a bounce-back performance, and they did not get it in this one either. They lost this game 2 to nothing to the Padres. Jose Barrios was quite solid in the start, though. Six innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. The game was scoreless until the fifth until Manny Machado had a two-run, two-out bloop single. And that was all the offense they needed, as the Jays were shut out for the fifth time in their last 35 games after not being shut out at a single point this season until that point. Boba had two hits. Brandon Belt reached base twice in the losing effort. And in game three, the game that happened this afternoon, the Blue Jays avoided a sweep. They were able to get a win as they win this game 4 to nothing. Jays were able to add a single run in the second thanks to a Jordan Luplo single that was just recalled. And Jays stayed that way until the seventh when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. added an assurance home run and Alejandro Kirk found his power stroke hit a nice two-run home run in this one to give the Blue Jays some insurance. Jordan Romano came back from his little injury there and pitched the last three outs and Chris Bassett was the star in this one. Six innings pitch only four hits, one walk, five strikeouts to lower his ERA into the mid threes for Chris Bassett Riley. So after this after this series losing against the San Diego Padres, the Blue Jays are now five and a half games back, but not of the Tampa Bay Rays. They're actually five and a half back of the Baltimore Orioles now, who have surged past the Rays to take the lead in the AL East. And we are tied with Houston in the second wild card spot, both with fifty four and forty three records, three games clear of the Boston Red Sox. So, Riley, a lot of takeaways, a lot of good performances. What do you want to talk about first in this series?
1: Well, actually, I don't want to talk about a good performance. I want to talk mm. about a bad performance and something that that uh, just drives me nuts because it was way too soon to calm up, and he comes up. Oh, and has a great start. They were they were talking about the game beforehand. I think like he walked the first batter of the game. Alec Manoa, obviously, is who I'm talking about. They're going off and talking. Oh, he did so good his last start. He struck out five, didn't walk a single batter, blah, 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 whatever. And yeah didn't strike out a single batter in this one and gave up a ton of walks gave up a ton of hard contact um this is this was bound to happen and i almost knew this was going to happen it was one of those things jesse where um he went out and had a great start in his first um you know start after being sent down essentially to the bottom and got what i'm calling it's a rush job he got rushed right back up like oh alex alec is fixed he's fixed bring him back up bring him back up let him do his thing well he did his thing in this one and look where it got us man like the he's got to be on such a short leash for me there's the li- to no confidence right now and I really want to see the usage, the usage go down a little bit. He spent too long in that ball game for starters. I mean, I get that we've seen Alec Manoa at his absolute best at times and has been just pure dominance, but that's not what we're getting right now. So we kind of need to take a step back with him. Like we, we need to win ball games. We lost the series against San Diego. Sure, we can look at it. We only scored one run. But the biggest concern out of this game was that for a a guy who should be pitching at least, at least in the high, I think like around, he should have a four ERA right now. He should probably be a guy with close to, if not double digit wins and a walks and hits per nine, probably around, you know, I'd say 1.3 and that's a being a little bit on the you know relaxed side oh he's not even close jesse so it was a bummer it was a stinker it was a letdown man so now it's like where do we go after this because it's man something's gotta something's gotta happen and i don't think he's gonna get sent down again but like my wheels are spinning and you just kind of hope and pray that he goes out in his next start and and puts in a quality start but jesse i just there's nothing for me to believe that right now
0: yeah, to me, the five walks were bad, and they probably, if you're just reading the line, look like the big thing to get there. And now there was maybe a bad call or two that might have gone against his way. But if you're pounding the zone, the umpire is going to call that a strike anyway. Alec Manoa wasn't doing that, so I don't want to blame the umpires because we're an umpire-friendly show over here at Buds and Blue Jays. But my big takeaway wasn't that. It was the fact when Alec Manoa got to two strikes, he could not induce a third one. He could not get a swing and miss. He couldn't get a get a get caught looking like... In that start against detroit and even in this one rehab start where he pitched in new hampshire and struck out 10 a lot of those strikeouts were like the two seamer that started in and cut back over the plate like a lot of them were looking he doesn't have the swing and miss stuff he doesn't have his slider his slider is still not there that got him to the third place in the cy young award voting season like i really do not think that alec manoa is a major league pitcher right now he's not he is simply not good enough and riley we're look sit here looking for answers it's like What do we do? The Blue Jays obviously seem to think he's ready because he had to meet a bunch of set of requirements to get the call back up. Apparently, he met those. And now he's getting the call back up, Riley. My question is, Hunjin Ryu is set to return. He's got one more rehab assignment before he'll be ready to join the big leagues team. The Blue Jays' really choices are go to a six-man rotation, which means guys like Bassett and Gosman and Brios don't start as often. Or you just literally wait till somebody gets injured. Or you go to, um, you just have to send Alec Manoa down. And I don't know, Riley, what do you think our best option is here?
1: I think, I think get Mitch White out of there. And I think when yes. um, Hunjin Ryu comes back, um, there was a time when major league teams, you'd have let's you know, you'd say, oh, we got our two aces. We got our three, four guys. And then you got, you know, one or two guys that could be um, your starter or come out long out of the pen. I like the idea of having a spot starter. And I like being, if one guy goes, um, is scheduled for a start, you have the other guy available long out of the pen and then switch every week. Um, That's not a long-term solution, but it certainly lets maybe Alec Manoa throw lower leverage situations. Hey, and that's going to, one of my pet peeves for a starting pitcher and looking at baseball cards look at baseball reference i love to see let's say look at a career oh 280 games 280 starts i love looking at that for starting pitchers i don't see that happen i put Manoa in a relief situation i know that's not you know ideal but we need to see him in lower leverage situations yeah. just to build his confidence up or something and see what hunjin ryu has got at least at least sample him in a big league game and if he's effective then we use him if he's not then he might not have a lot of time left i mean his clock has already been ticking injury or not this is a big setback but we can't really you know i can't really speak on how i think he's gonna do do i think he's gonna be spectacular do i think he's gonna be like um his his immaculate like around three era season with us when he first got here no um but hey we're working with what we got later in the episode we're gonna maybe try and find solutions but for now i'm saying a spot starter one of the guys start one of the guys come along and switch
0: yeah, honestly, hey, it worked for Yusei Kikuchi, putting him into the bullpen last year, and we saw signs of life. Now, Manoa and Kikuchi are very different pitchers, but it seemed to work, and Yusei Kikuchi has put together a better season. Maybe this is just what it takes to get some confidence going for Alec Manoa, and plus the Blue Jays can use him when they're down big, so with the blowups when they do happen don't cost us games, and that is the most important thing right now, Riley. Um, We got a lot to get through. So let's move some of these really quick. You did mention Pete Walker getting tossed and there's probably more better storylines than Pete Walker getting tossed, but uh, we can just touch a little bit here. But if I'm reading into the situation correctly, he came out to talk to Alec Manoa. And the umpire honestly is supposed to wait like ten seconds before coming out. It seemed like the umpire just walked right away. He was fed up already, or something. Maybe the Blue Jays bench was chirping him, or whatever. But whatever Pete Walker said to Alec Manoa with his mouth closed, he knew the umpire was there, and he knew he wanted to get his word in into the umpire getting kicked out there. So, do you have a quick thought on that about tossing a pitching coach something
1: like that? Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty in all honesty. Like you just like <laughs> it's. Look, he shouldn't have been tossed in that kind of situation. Like, again, this goes where I feel like, you know, I might let too much stuff go where that's, you know, that's like hurt feeling stuff. Like, I mean, if you're if you if the umpire weighs 300 pounds and you say this fat sack of blah, 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 Mm -hmm. like when you can take a take a shot at the uniform don't take a shot at the individual i doubt that he was saying that this guy smells bad he has a terrible family and that i bet you he's talking about the calls and this and that talking about the uniform not talking about him individually it's not even directed right at him i think it's i think it's bs personally again i'm not there in the mound visit to listen to listen to it word by word but jesse my takeaway is that it's more like grow up grow up a little bit. That's probably not the right call to make, but at the end of the day, did it affect the outcome of the game? Not really. It's just kind of childish.
0: Yeah, honestly. And that's usually what it is. The umpires get hurt or they want their TV time. That's usually how it goes. And I think that's what happened here in the Pete Walker case. Either way, he's back. He'll be there He'll doing his thing from here on out. Riley, let's go to some positives though. And I wanted to show some love to Chris Bassett, Riley, and he did it again here with six shuttered innings. You know, He took the team on his back when the Blue Jays really needed a win here, which was very good. In his last 10 home starts this season, Riley, 224 ERA, a 0.87 whip, 64 strikeouts in 64 innings pitch. Our opponents are only hitting 167 against him. He's got eight quality starts. I remember the last time Chris Bassett started, I read this list of starters that Chris Bassett had started against and beaten. Well, you can now add Blake Snell who has been probably MLB's best pitcher in the last six weeks to that list of someone he beat. His ERA went from from 4 to three nine two in this start, if it's six straight shutout innings. This is months of work has went into this and many people behind the scenes. Oh, sorry. And uh, not only that, Donald is he pitching well. I also wanted to give some love um, what him and his wife did. They made a massive, sizable donation to Jays Care. And every win the Blue Jays get when Chris Bassett starts is another $10,000 donation to Jays Care. So, Chris Bassett, not only are you great on the field, you are using your time through the community and donating clubhouse. He's got the dog in him, Riley. That's all I can say. And uh, thumbs up to you, Chris Bassett.
1: Hey, one smart lad before he threw a single pitch in a Jays uniform said he would do just fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I recall that and hey, a couple little shaky starts, but again, this is Chris Bassett doing Chris Bassett things. Um, I couldn't be more happy, especially the situation we're in right now with starting pitching. We really need this guy to be on his game. He brought it in this one and... Jesse, I just, he's a, you know, if he, if he was doing this, Jesse, when he was 24 years old, this is a guy who could really make bank. Sadly, he's had his best years past the age of 30. I mean, but Chris Bassett is great. uh, Hey, you know what, whatever it takes, man, because he's, he's got a good craft. He's a very, very tricky pitcher. Um, And it shows in this one that, you know, his pitch mix was great. His, uh, the movement on his pitches was great. And of course, um, he, was, he was able to control and even the ones, you know, even the pitches he throws out of the zone, their purpose pitches right yes where they're, they're by they're by design and it works for his game and you know it's it's because if he hangs those if he hangs those breaking pitches over the middle of the plate that's where chris bassett gets in trouble or if he locates his sinking sinking and sliding stuff up in the zone then he's going to get in trouble and this one great pitch calls great pitch location so yeah thumbs up for chris bassett under four ERA on the year, I really hope it stays there because I'm I like hey, four ERA is not bad, but anytime you're talking three Z R A, um, you're you're talking about a pretty good pitcher.
0: Jose Brios has also put his ERA into the mid 3s as well, which is wild because at this point last year he had an ERA around 5.4. It's amazing the turnaround Jose Brios has done. He was good again in this start. 9 strikeouts was also great to see from him. We've talked about Brios a lot. I don't have anything else to add on this start here. Otherwise, it was a good classic Jose Brios start. Um Riley the Blue Jays hit two home runs this series and I want you to tell me which home run means more for the team or for the person or individual or for the Blue Jays going forward. First one. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a home run today. It was opposite field. It was on a sinker down low in the zone. He put a good swing on it. He That's his fifth home run now at home after having zero for the longest time. He's now at five at Rogers Center. And then Alejandro Kirk hit his fourth home run of the season today. It was a two-run shot off a big looping curveball that he got the barrel out in front of and pulled it into the left side, into the Blue Jays' bullpen there. Which of those home runs means more for the Toronto Blue Jays going forward?
1: It's honestly a toss-up because those are really big home runs. I'll tell you the one that caught my eye more was the Kirk home run. He sent it on an absolute rope out to left field. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Kirk's power basically gone um, this year. And it's just good to see him get a good swing off and drive it into the seats. As far as Vladdy's go, he should have way more home runs. He hit it, he hit the ball hard. He squared it up right center field. Um and, and, you know, you know, Vlad, he not has not overcomplicated things since the All-Star break, since the derby, whatever you want to call it. He's on a really good trajectory. So I think it honestly, he's doing right thing. He's doing the things right. So I think it means less for Vlad. But as far as the Kirk goes, man, like he's he really hasn't had the power. He has supplied hardly any extra base. Um hits this year so I mean for him to for him to hit the home run there um, it's not you know it's not the biggest clutch situation but it's still nice to see Alejandro Kirk get a good swing off and uh, and go yard it's been way too long I couldn't even tell you the last time he had a home run
0: I think he hit one in the home opener and I think that's been it to be honest at least uh, home runs at homes I know he's had four on the season so he must have had some others in there Kirk has kind of just turned into like a Jose Molina you know, really good at framing and being behind the plate, slow as shit, and then but, you know, also has a good contact ability just with no power. That's uh, my running comp. Maybe we'll work on that a little later. Um, Riley, I just have a few news and notes. I'm going to read through all of them here, and then if there's something that catches your mind, just stop me. We'll go through it because we still got a bit to get through in this episode. The first one is Jordan Luplo was selected to the Major League roster. He got a start in Game 3 against the left-hander Blake Snell. Nathan Lucas was optioned to AAA to make room, and then Adam Simber was designated to the 60-day IL. Adam Adam Simber with an ERA over seven this year. This might be ending his season, but it does clear up a spot on the 40-man roster, which we did talk about was getting crowded here. John Schneider has his 100th career victory as manager in this series. He ties Cito Gaston as the fastest in franchise history to reach the century mark. Jordan Romano was good to go. We saw him pitch a good clean ninth inning in game three of the series. Kevin Gosman will start Saturday in Seattle, giving him a little bit of a rest. Should be all systems go for the second half. Casey Lawrence, who we've seen pitch a little bit this year, opted out of his minor league contract. He is now a free agent, so our starting depth in Buffalo is taking another hit. And speaking of the Buffalo Bisons, a few more minor things here. Oralvis Martinez had his first series there since being called up. He hit a home run in his second at-bat with the team. And Addison Barger Riley seems to be picking up exactly where he left off. He's making He actually made his first professional start in the outfield as well, which I find quite interesting. He had a home run 102 off the bat. Highly. um, any of those major takeaways? Any of things so that doesn't catch your attention? Just real quick.
1: I mean, the thing that sticks with me is I could have seen the Adam Simber thing coming. Um, yeah. I mean, re- relief pitchers are funny, man. I I wouldn't would not be surprised. My thoughts on what's going to happen in his career: He will not be back with the Blue Jays. He will pitch for two more major league teams in two seasons, with some AAA time in both. And probably hang it up after that. That just seems like the kind of path that Adam Simbers on. There was a time where he was very good and effective relief. Really- pitcher like you said all you have to say is era over seven and we're at this point in the season so you're not getting it down from there um it's really going to be a standout on his i mean pretty good career jesse um but he just doesn't have it he just doesn't really have it anymore man so i mean too bad so sad i guess you know but i'm the the good thing is i mean it does kind of free up a spot in a way i know that we're lacking depth but but with the trade deadline so close, I mean, hey, there's a ton of options.
0: Yeah, there absolutely is. And let's get into that a little bit here. We buried the lead. It's trade deadline season. Everybody wants to know what the Toronto Blue Jays are going to do at the trade deadline. I do have some quotes because Ross Atkins was asked the same thing here as well. And here's what Ross Atkins said when he talked about the trade deadline. He said, the Blue Jays are motivated to add. Pitching is on the radar, as with all contenders, Jays are eyeing relief pitcher and starting pitchers. You know, Ross Atkins always has a knock of saying things without actually really saying things, you know, like a lot of corporate jungle there. But this is what he said. He said a starter with options would be especially appealing, of course, kind of what you said, right? Where they can put him into the minor leagues or they can call him up, kind of what the Jays have done in the past by getting Ross Stripling and Robbie Ray at past trade deadlines, something like that. On paper, a left-handed reliever would be a fit, but I don't think it's a necessity as I think the Blue Jays like that Trevor Richards and Eric Swanson are still very good at getting out left-handed batters. And the Jays are staying open for bats. We talked in our last episode how the Blue Jays could probably use a right-handed bat, particularly one in the outfield, particularly one that could hit lefties very well. Um, We have a few names on this. Ross Atkins said he's open to that as well, but he's also open to adding left-handed bats too. A comment he's made in the past where he said, it doesn't matter as long as they're a good hitter. Ross Atkins also suggested catchers, which I think we talked about a lot um, last episode that they might get catchers. But Ross Atkins says they're not really on their radar. They believe in Alejandro Kirk still and Danny Jansen. So I guess we can maybe eliminate catchers off of our radar. So with that being said, Riley, that's what the general manager is looking for. You and I have both come up with three names that we think the Blue Jays could fit well on their team this year, Riley. I guess, take it away first, Riley. Who do you think the Blue Jays should go after this year?
1: So I have actually more than three names and I still haven't decided on who exactly I'm gonna say, but I do (laughs) know this. I said last week, I really like a Brent Rooker and I really like a Jack Flaherty um so that's an outfield kind of type and a starting pitcher um so my first kind of idea jesse my first idea i like the idea of acquiring an individual player but wouldn't it be cool if we could go to one team and pick up two players oh
0: you're thinking the big dog aren't you
1: no here's what i'm thinking what about a hometown return For a former pitcher and a former mvp outfielder okay i'm thinking stroman and bellinger okay that's what i'm thinking price goes i know it will probably be heavy but i fully believe in what marcus stroman has done this year Mm -hmm. and i mean cody bellinger uh lefty bat can supply some good power um i think it would be a really really short-term thing as far as what we would have to give up we would probably have to give up someone like barriera i don't i and, and it's probably some more um my other thought too with the way the cubs go i think that would be i would be okay with either letting Biggio or espinal go i think if i think Whit Merrifield is kind of out of the question so if we're going to look at we're going to look at what we're going to get rid of if we're looking at acquiring stroman and acquiring bellinger um what i would like to see happen is uh, obviously i'm if it's too lopsided in our favor i'm not sure but we can always scoop down some other prospects but i'm going to say barriera i'm going to say Maybe no, not a <laughs> Elvis Martinez. No, I don't Bargers think that's that's out of the 100. question. No, no, but we will probably end up, in, if it, in that kind of trade, probably Espinal or bijio But that's my first kind of thing. It's two players, but I that still counts as one for me. That still counts as one because I've I've done this, Jesse. I've looked at teams. I like the idea of maybe shopping at one stop and acquiring two.
0: There was a rumor going around, too, that the Blue Jays did have interest in reuniting with Marcus Stroman, which seems wild to me with how Marcus Stroman left this team the first time. like I remember he got traded the day Bo Bichette got called up. The Blue Jays, there were rumors. None of this is confirmed, but there were rumors that there was character concerns about Marcus Stroman, how they didn't want him around like a young Bo Bichette and a young Vladimir Guerrero, and it seemed like a pretty bad breakup at the time. So I'd be very surprised if that does end up happening. Plus, if it does, you're giving Stroman a spot in the rotation, and then you say Cucci is almost definitely a bullpen guy at that point. And I'm not certain how I feel about that either. Uh, Bellinger, I like, I, I see it. Bellinger plays good defense. The bat has come around. I've liked Bellinger a lot. I liked him in the off season. I like that call, but Riley, I don't think the Blue Jays are going to go out and make a massive move. Like Shohei Otani is not coming here, for example. And I don't even think Marcus Stroman, who might be one of the best starting pitchers available on the market, I don't think he's coming here either. I think the Blue Jays are going to try to do something like they did under the Whit Merrifield deal last year, where they try to find a player who they like, who's under control for a little bit longer, and someone that the Blue Jays can really develop into their player systems. My only concern is, Riley, here, that this is the last chance you have to acquire a player as well. Because after this, there's no second trade deadline anymore. Like... If somebody gets hurt, you need to make a move now to get your depth. So my names I have here are kind of more depth pieces, but could to potential have some high impact. And my first name I want the Blue Jays to acquire here is Tommy Pham, who you might know who's on the Mets right now. If the Mets go to sell like they have... Mark Can is another name too, but I like Tommy Pham a little better here. His stat cast page, Riley, is red everywhere all over. His spray chart, Riley, is a good approach hitters to all field. He hits lefties exceptionally well. He's not the best defender guy, but he can take that Nathan Lucas, Jordan Luplo role on this team. And he's the guy, if he had to get thrust into everyday playing time, I think you're okay with that happening here. So Tommy Pham is on my list of guys I want to see the Blue Jays acquire.
1: Tommy Pham's got really good power. I know that for certain. Hey, I'd be I, I love me a Mark Canna too. It really, I, I, would, I would bet I mean, it's still not—it's still up in the air that the if the Mets sell, um, but I would say that there's probably a pretty good chance. And I mean, Tommy Pham being a one-year player, um, a veteran player, you know, probably go a guy that goes to a contender. And we got to be buyers. Like I am a firm believer that we will be buyers at the deadline, whether it's a big splash or a little splash. Like we're going to acquire someone. I feel like Tommy Pham would be. Um, a positive acquisition for sure.
0: All right, Riley, give me another name. Who's next on your list?
1: So again, goes with the packaging. Maybe take one or two. Look at that starting pitching. I going to Oakland, taking the last bit of what remains in Oakland. I like me a Paul Blackburn, and I like me a james caprillion Blackburn's obviously my first blackburn is my first um if we could sneak james caprillion in there because this is another starting pitcher with options i think he's got one or two left and paul blackburn is a another kind of chris bassett comp where he you know doesn't have a ton of velocity but he throws really good sinking and sliding stuff and i think it would be a good complimentary piece again jesse and i wouldn't correct you on this, but Kikuchi necessary, doesn't necessarily get taken out of the rotation. The same in this situation with Paul Blackburn, um, but it would just be another steady piece to add that can eat innings. I just, I I feel a guy with lots of control. Paul Blackburn, a guy with great control, obviously, and I, you know, I'm going to bring in, of course, I'm going to talk about my Oakland guys, because it's, it's, it's a team I watch, it's a team I see. So, I mean, not a lot of not a lot of other people kind of view it not a lot of people see it but it's kind of like if you you know see how chris bassett deals blackburn's probably got less velocity um but still kind of the same less loop on um on the curve ball but definitely a slider two seam sinker kind of combination i think hey i think he'd be a a pretty good fit and again um he might even i know Caprillian has options paul blackburn may or may not whether that yeah uh still doesn't matter we're looking at short-term um you know we're looking at short-term fix as well you know throw brent rooker in there too for, for for what it's worth man
0: Sure. Blackburn is interesting because if you look at the surface now, he's got a 548 ERA, which looks terrible under the hood. And then you're like, why would the Blue Jays go acquire a guy like this? One, he's cheap right? You can have him cheap. He eats innings, like you said. He's actually um, has some good stuff under the hood. Like his FIP is only 372, which would be the best of his career. He's already accumulated 0.8 war. The walks are a little high, but the strikeouts are the highest they've ever been. If he can find a way to induce more ground balls, and maybe not so much as a hard contact, which maybe the Blue Jays can teach into him. I kind of like that call a little bit. But Riley, I'm going to go with another guy who I think the Blue Jays should go after. And that is a Michael Lorenzen from the Detroit Tigers. He is the type of guy that I think the Blue Jays could put into their back end of rotation. He's under team control for a while. Hell, he's an all-star, although he shouldn't have been an all-star, but Detroit needed a representative. But it is the type of the guy I think can come in, can give you quality innings. He can probably give you that six innings, three-yard runs more frequently than not. And I do think you know he's got good enough stuff. If you have to pitch him out of the bullpen, he's done that swing role before with Cincinnati. So you don't have to guarantee him starts, right? But if you had to come in and start a big game, he could be that guy for you. Plus also, like, if you're in a pinch in a game late and you need an outfielder, Michael Lorenzen can play as outfield too. He's not a, a Shohei Otani-esque two-way player by any means, but he's got a little bit of that into him. So he might be my number one dream pitching target for the Blue Jays to acquire this deadline.
1: He's actually, a I I like that a lot. He is a very fun, fun two-way player in the fact that um he's not a bad hitter i bet you if he was a full-time player he'd probably hit around 235 and maybe stream together eight home runs sure. um I, I think that um i, I know he got some a playing for um for the angels but um yeah uh maybe not a deserved all-star like you said but kind of, I mean, kind of goes with the same with, with Paul Blackburn, just, just a guy who you kind of, you know, I personally have confidence in him. You obviously have some confidence that Lorenzen can pitch. And that's kind of what it comes down to, man, is, is you're, you don't want pitchers over four innings, even to give up four four-earned runs. You, you want some steadiness in there. You want some security. So, I mean, having, I mean, having a guy who can, who can, throw the ball over the plate, not get, you know, teed up at 110 miles an hour. Every other pitch is, is important. And obviously we want a guy who can limit base runners too. I think that's, that's important. I mean, ideally Jesse, the perfect pitcher, you know, gets a strike every time. Or if the other, the other way would be, he throws nine pitches, um every three innings because he induces a weak ground ball or a pop-up but that's just not how things work and i feel like i mean lorenzen's still kind of uh unproven in a lot of ways but i mean i would personally take the chance on him as well and see what he's got because i'm sure as sure as heck man i bet you detroit and the whole american league well maybe not every team in the central but a lot of teams will be selling in the al central and i think Lorenzo could be a possible moving target.
0: I think so too. Riley, one more name. Who you got?
1: Okay, my big one. I'll just say it out. We just faced him at his team, Josh Hader. Wow. I don't like I don't like saying this. Uh-huh. I don't like saying this because it's a possible takeaway save opportunity from Jordan Romano. But if we're looking for one bullpen arm on a left-handed thrower, we have tim mazer who has done fantastic this year jesse you're looking at me with these wide wide eyes i'm and dreaming
0: yes, riley i'm dreaming of hater in our bullet well,
1: oh. yeah it would be it would be great it would be absolutely fantastic i don't have no idea what we would have to give up um there's a I, hey there's a good chance that the padres could could deal hater actually surprising to me has bounced around more than i thought i thought he would have been a 20-year closer for the Brewers uh personally if you were to ask me two years ago but that's not the case he could very much be a journeyman now um and probably one of the best journeymen and he's probably one of the listen as far as left-handed ninth inning guys i I don't think there's a better pitcher in baseball than josh Hader.
0: i'm with you Uh,
1: and it's, it just comes down to what we would have to give up. I mean, relief pitchers, if you're to look at, you know, technically, you know, we have the eight position players and then relief starter that puts us at 10. If you're to rank those 10, what's the most valuable, the least? I would still put relief pitchers. At the most, at the least valuable position. Yeah, but, but in the playoffs, we, but, Riley. In the playoffs, release
0: patterns matter more. Ex-
1: yes, but yes, but then we talk about guys like Josh Hader, and those rankings go out the window. Mm -hmm. those those rankings really go out the window when we talk about those elite talents and josh Hader's one of them i think if you know i think if we got him i think that would be a huge weight lifted and um hey again this is my third one i could have gone a different ways i'll give my honorable mentions at the end but i thought i'd get josh Hader in there because i that'd be a big splash that'd be a huge splash and it would be fitting one of those needs
0: I love it, Riley. If it could happen, we just saw him in Toronto. He was nasty. He got a couple saves in this series. He also, his hits per nine innings is like four, Riley. Like four hits per nine innings. Absolutely madness. I doubt the Padres... Would want to sell they'd have to go on a pretty big losing streak here the blue jays could have helped the cause by winning more games this series but still if they do happen riley that would be a dream i'd probably want him more than i'd want shohei otani or marcus stroman or any of the top names that are on the trade deadline available right i'm going to go to my last guy my last guy might be a little bit unorthodox and he's only played five games in the major leagues this year but I really think somebody needs to save Joe Adele out of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And I really do think the Toronto Blue Jays could be the team to do it, Riley. He is a former top prospect. He is only 24 years of old. He is an exit velocity monster, Riley. He's already in the top 2% at hitting the baseball hard. The problem with Joe Adele has always been he hits the ball hard, yes, but sometimes he just doesn't hit it often. He misses a lot of hits he should have hit in the zone. That is a problem. I will agree with that. That is why this guy is not in the big leagues consistently right now. But I look at a guy like Joe Adele and I still see a superstar in there somewhere. And you want to talk about buying low on a guy who could be around for quite a bit, a guy who's got great sprint speed, a guy who is always raked in the minors. Sure, he could be one of these quad A guys, but I'm willing to bet that the Blue Jays could get him right now and they can get him super cheap, put him on the bench, even if it's just to be a pinch runner for the time being, even if it's a guy who could run into one every now and again, he's exactly the type of guy I want to make a bet on becoming a star at some point in his career. So sneaky pick, not the sexiest name, but Joe Adele is the one I've got.
1: It could very well be a Sexy name, Jesse. I love me a power speed combination. Um, I laugh a little bit though. Yeah. The contact man. (laughs) is is bad, but the guy, the guy really mashes. He's an incredible athlete. Um, I bet you he could have played. I don't know what what position. It's a guy who could play professional football. I mean, the guy's an athlete. Um, I would really like to think um, that 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 poor angels, um, you know, Players go there to die. I, if you were to ask, again, if you were to ask me three years ago, I would have said that Joe Adele would be uh, starting in an outfield spot uh, for sure. But no questions asked. But, you know, there's hiccups. No one, even blue chips, even top prospects sometimes don't pan out. And um, if there was some sometimes way. Sometimes
0: change of scenery needs, right?
1: If there's some about. way to resurrect, you know, some really good potential, I mean, I would, I would take that. Someone's uh, someone's got to replace Springer here. I'm not saying tomorrow, but somewhere down the line, George Springer will need to be replaced. It's not a bad, not a bad idea. Power speed guy, right fielder, still incredibly that young. Sounds right? good. I uh, still incredibly young. Even Kiermaier too. He's probably not going to be here for very long. Um, so someone, you know, we got a power speed guy in the corner, and uh, who can play center and VAR show and then another power speed guy. That's an easy one to figure out. We basically to fill out the rest of the outfield in the future. We look for a uh, good, bat on ball guy. And uh, we still have a perfect outfield again, two years from now when we already have a perfect defensive outfield, in my opinion. Um, But uh, yeah, sneaky forgot about Joe Adele there for a hot minute. But I'm glad you brought his name back into the story because, yeah, he is a great ball player who just hasn't figured out his game yet.
0: Riley, um, we are running out of time here. So you want to give some honorable mentions. Don't even dive into detail. Just give me three names as an honorable mentions.
1: Sonny Gray, Gurman Marquez, Brian Reynolds. That is Lo- story,
0: Love that. I was thinking the Pirates team as well. I like Andrew McCutcheon if we could get him. And I also like some former Blue Jays. Both would be rentals. One would be Teoscar Hernandez, who is a free agent. It would be wild if we get him back here to be that place on the bench. And the other one is Randall Grichik. And like, look, you're already paying him anyway. So you might as well just get him back here and get him in here to see he could run off to one. We know he's a gamer. We know he's good. So those are my three names as well. Riley, anything else you want to add before we get off here tonight?
1: i really hope i jesse i'm more re- more realistically it probably will be a little splash i hope it's the right piece um hey a guy can dream on on a double you know a move to the cubs with a bellinger and a stroman or mm-hmm. a big big move with like a josh hater to come out a- in the back end of your bullpen but hey man it's not up to us we can talk we can speculate um but hopefully moves are made
0: Yep, we're going to come back after the series against Seattle. It'll be good to see the Blue Jays in Seattle. Always one of the best trips to see the Blue Jays fans invade that place. I'm excited to see that there. Um, we are going to come back with some more names, more than likely, as things develop in this series. Until then, guys, we'll see you next week. Um, that'll do it for our episode here today. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. Riley, thank you for staying up late for recording with me here tonight. And I uh, appreciate the effort for the Buds and Blue Jays podcast
1: here. We do what we can, Jesse. We do what we can. It was, hey, a lot to... I already forgot about the Padres series. Uh, we're, go. we're, we we got to move past that and hopefully make a splash here in the next week.
0: All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. Let's go Blue Jays.
1: Thanks, guys.